This is the On Blast Podcast. We are back for another week. My name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm joined by my guy, Mr. Matt Russell, betting writer for the score. How are you doing, my friend? I'm all right. Uh, I think we've got a really, really fascinating week with regards to all these uh, ratings movements and dust line, you know, adjustments here. Uh, some potential overreactions, though, honestly, by the time listen, it's week eight, which is kind of crazy to say in and of itself. Week eight, like how much of it is an, an over adjustment and how much is just an appropriate adjustment? Because we've seen almost almost half a season at this point of some of these teams and, you know, man or woman, whatever, like people are trying to tell you who they are right in their <laughs> actions and their behaviors. You and I always talk about that. Yeah. Right. And when people are trying to tell you who they are, just go and believe them. Is that going to be the case here for some of these NFL teams? Well, we'll have to find out. I like that. I like that. And as I talked about last week when week seven, and I feel like it's only so much more to theme now, I try to look at this almost as if Vegas feels like they have a better grasp of who is who. And it's on sure. us to be like, oh, yeah, no, that team sucks. They deserve to be underdogs by that much. Yeah, that's like, going to be the battle. That's, yeah, that's going to be the battle, right? I mean, it, that's the battle on a, on the regular. But mm-hmm. like, especially, it feels like this week for reasons that honestly, and we'll start, you know, with the Thursday night game being kind of one of the best examples of it. Yeah, and also too, very happy that now in week eight, we are at a heading into week eight. I feel like I got a lot of cushion here for all the bleepery <laughs> that tends to happen around this time at the NFL in the NFL season. Cause last week, a nine and five record, nice bounce back. You and this is what you talk about all the time, right? Flipping me on two things. Because yeah. how much better does nine and five look, right? As yeah. opposed to what? Seven and seven. So it's like it's just such an interesting and we talk about it, and that's the lessons learned here on the season 61 43 and 4 I don't think I've ever gotten off to that big of a start and I don't even want to talk about that a lot cuz you know <laughs> the way that this stuff works yeah so let's get to the Thursday nighter as you mentioned we got the Ravens at the Bucks the Ravens are favored by 1 point pick 'em game essentially the Bucks are a mess Ravens finally held on and won a game <laughs> which has taken a while but the bucks are just i mean as soon as mike evans last week last week i was on the bucks minus 11 and as soon as mike evans dropped that pass i was like that's not a good omen yeah. i didn't think they were gonna lose but i no. knew they weren't covering 11 points what say you in this game where i'm gonna be on the ravens just because i i, I can't ride with the bucks at this moment i just can't bring myself to do it especially on a short week and brady actually had to like show up to practice on wednesday <laughs> right. he, had to, he had to move some things around on his calendar but right? good news is he's got his weekend freed up for <laughs> whatever tom brady does uh on a free weekend during the nfl season um it's so funny that you say that because i was the exact same way i you know i had i grabbed the minus 11 just honestly just to beat the number because mm-hmm. I know it was going up once McCaffrey got hurt, or not got hurt, but got traded. Excuse me. So many people get hurt, you know, just kind of assume that's uh, that's why he was out. Uh, no, when he got traded, that that announcement came out on Thursday night. It was like, okay, well, let's run over and do two things. Let's grab the under in Tampa Bay, Carolina, and like, oh, by the way, we should probably also, even if we don't love the idea of betting, you know, on Tampa Bay here, 
uh, grab the 11 because it's going to move up. Sure enough, that moved up. And of course, the under went down. The under hit comfortably, which sort of, you know, made that a little bit better. But you're right. As soon as Evans doesn't catch that, you know, it's again, we're not expecting them to lose the game. But you're like, you know what? To win by two touchdowns in the NFL, like a lot of stuff has to go right. And you can't just kind of give away plays right the same thing happened to me on saturday not to diverge too aggressively here but like clemson and syracuse were playing clemson was a two touchdown favorite they go and they could literally just dog walk syracuse down the field if they wanted to just by running the football and they tried the stupid mesh play that is you know quickly becoming a pet peeve of mine and they fumble the ball and syracuse picks it up and they run it 95 yards for a touchdown it's a 14 point swing and you just know like Okay, well, there goes any chance of you know this team covering by two touchdowns, and of course they ended up winning by six points and not fourteen points. All that is to say is when it comes back around to this game, you know we've talked about how the Buccaneers like they just don't seem to have it. They just don't seem to have it, but their rating has been kept the same all the way up to. I mean, they were thirteen point favorites. Now a lot of that has to do with Carolina because of where, you know, we went absolutely plummeting on Carolina's rating once they traded Christian McCaffrey. And after we saw PJ Walker in LA, not be able to (laughs) complete a pass, you know, four yards down the field and not having his outlet to McCaffrey. Like it just made sense that they would of course get housed by the, by the bucks coming in. And so now we look at this line and by the way, this, the look ahead line was bucks minus three in this game as of last week. And so you go, okay, like what happened here? And even off of a win for the Ravens, I've downgraded the Ravens a little bit, not a ton necessarily, but you know, we're into sort of the high fifties when it comes to the Ravens, uh, high fifties out of a hundred, of course, for those, you know, sort of new. So what does that mean for the Bucks? Well, the Bucks moving four points like that, four and a half points, like we're kind of in the one and a half, two type of range here, um, you know, at a lot of places. That's a pretty significant move, especially even off of three, right? Just to get off three, even if it just went from minus three to minus two and a half, right? That's a bigger move than just a half point. So from a rating standpoint, now we're looking at the Bucks, honestly, right around 50. We're making it that purely like straight up mediocre, like yeah. nine, nine and eight team. That's what this line reflects. Yeah. Because again, Baltimore is in the high 50s. They're traveling to... Uh, Tampa Bay on a short week and that line has flipped four and a half points and so simply put we're supposed to bet on Tampa Bay here right Mm -hmm. we're not supposed to react to one game and in a lot of ways we might be overreacting here to one pass or one drop because honestly what happens if Mike Evans catches that football right the Bucks go up seven to nothing and you don't have this game that was basically zero zero (laughs) for the vast majority of the game until one run gets broken off for like 70 a 70 yard touchdown Mm -hmm. right like the panthers weren't moving the ball either it was a punt back and forth festival out there lenny fournette got himself stopped on fourth down like that's another you know we talk about these these high variance high leverage type plays like that was it right take seven off the board because mike evans didn't catch that ball take at least three off the board because Fournette didn't get that fourth and one, which is like literally his job, by the way, is to yeah. get those fourth and one. So Tom doesn't have to quarterback sneak it anymore because he gave that up when he left New England. So I just want to like, is PJ Walker going to like 
get into a throwing, like come from behind type of game with the Bucks? And would that have turned, you know, I can obviously paint a you know picture and tell a, a story about how like he would have thrown a pick six or they would, you know, the pass rush would have got to him and he would have fumbled and, and, and they would have had these short fields and Tampa Bay would have blown them out, right? Like that's a very reasonable sort of thing that could have happened if Mike Evans had caught the ball. And so then I go, okay, well, Mike Evans didn't catch the ball. Well, how often is Mike Evans not going to catch the ball in that situation? Like, doesn't that feel like a 90% of the time Mike freaking Evans catches that ball? I've had him in fantasy for the last three years. Keep reading. And and he he doesn't drop that. He catches the (laughs) ball a lot of the time. And so I go, you know, if you kind of look at it like that, you go, man, there's kind of a 90% chance that the Bucs have a seven-point lead very early in that game and then a lot of the game plan really changes when it comes to the Panthers and if again I watched every single play of that game painfully at least towards you know until it got so ridiculous at the end but you're just looking at going like this should be a Buccaneers blowout it wasn't like oh guess what like the Panthers are good all of a sudden like when you watch the game on Monday night with the Bears in a very similar situation where nobody expected them to win you could see pretty early on, okay, like they're moving, they're doing some different stuff. Like they've mm-hmm. got fields, you know, actually running the ball. And of course, we'll talk about that uh, on both sides of the uh, the coin later. But like, all of that is to say, like, how much should I be downgrading Tampa Bay? Like, yeah, okay, they're not a 70. You and I have been talking about this for a long time. Like you and I talked about how we would love to fade both Carolina and Tampa Bay last week. But the problem was they were playing each other. Yeah. Right. And so then you end up sort of getting in this circumstance where you're grabbing a couple of points of value because Christian McCaffrey gets traded. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have been involved. I certainly wouldn't have been involved in the game at all. And so I just look at this and I go, like, as much as you look at this game and go, like, I can't do the Bucks. I can't do the Bucks. Like, isn't this the type of game that we always kind of profit on? That game where the bounce back. Well, it's just a, it's a pick 'em game. Right. Like it's still just minus one. And if it was just so obvious that the Ravens were so much better and we're going to just walk in there on a short week and win the game, like the line wouldn't be minus one. Like they are not just handing you money. And I'm not saying like that because we have to sort of fade the public or any sort of like sort of voodoo type concept here. But the reality is like we're going to have four days to bet on this. We've had three days to bet on this. And we have a whole nother day to bet on this. And the reality is this game is going to sort of finish around pick them minus one, minus one and a half. Hell, it might even switch over to Tampa minus one by the time everybody's kind of done betting on this. And the reality is, yeah, it's probably a coin flip game. But if, if, if we're all sort of just assuming that the Ravens are this better team, given that last week we wouldn't have made those assumptions and the Ravens haven't done anything to prove that they are some, you know, juggernaut that where you like have to just ride here no matter what. Like I just, you know, again, it's uncomfortable, but that's, those are the good bets, honestly, in a lot of cases. And the defense hasn't been great for the Bucks, but you know what? The defense hasn't been great for the Ravens either. And like, yeah, yeah, we might see another deep ball to Mike Evans. And I (laughs) bet you he catches it this time, right? Yeah, Like, especially after that week, because you know he sort of blames himself in a lot of ways for that. Mm -hmm. And the Ravens defense isn't getting any better, certainly from a pass defense standpoint. So, you know, this, again, might be a last stand thing, but I think this is a little bit different, right? Like the Bucs, we all sort of still had some a lot of respect for when they went to Pittsburgh. They lost that game. People want to call that a fluke. Then they lose this game to Carolina. And like, yeah, maybe they are just really, really hot garbage. But if they are anything, if they are anything, 
mm-hmm. right? You are going to get the best effort possible out of them on Thursday night. Sounds right? like you like the Bucks. I like I it. Just, I like it. It, it I just like comes it. down to like we're supposed to bet the Bucks here, and I don't mean that in like we're like getting coaxed into it, but yeah. like just from a value standpoint, like yeah, we're we're supposed to be betting the Bucks here, and so I'm going to bet the Bucks here. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Um, I can't use my cards this early in the pod yet, so I'm sticking with the Ravens. But there's time, and I I'm guaranteeing you, as I go over my picks, I know I'm gonna need the help here. So well, listen, I don't know. We, I don't know where the what was going on with the cards last week. You had a better week than I did uh, when all was said and done. I don't know how you gave me two extra five. wins with two cards that you. Well, I mean, where me were those in my in my the two my. that you convinced me with? Those won. Those were two two changes, two yeah. wins. I mean, yeah. hey, I'll take those odds every week. That's right. Let's maybe, go. <laughs> maybe the real key is is the ones that you don't change on. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, hey, we shall see. We keep things moving here to London. Yep. London town Broncos at Jags. The Jags for some reason are two and a half point favorites. And I got to be honest, I was so excited to run and bet on the Broncos. And then I went to see if Russell Wilson was playing. What's the latest update from Russell Wilson. And when I clicked on the Twitter, <laughs> I saw this story. Yeah. It said on the flight to London, Russ claims that he was working out for four of the eight hours, including doing some time spent high knees doing his high knees in the aisles while teammates slept and i honestly thought that this was a balzac sports story for those who might not be familiar with twitter balzac sports is a an account that just trolls everybody and makes up fake stories and then laughs when espns of the world and the media picks up these stories i assume that was a fake story until I kept scrolling and seeing the story more and more and more. And then the full context of the quote, you know me well enough, Mr. Russell, our listeners know me well enough to know that I want to bet against Russell Wilson so bad all right. the time. Cause I just dislike it, but I feel like I have to take the points here because why are the Jags laying points? Yeah, and we talked about that last week too, right? Where it's like against mm-hmm. the Giants, and the Giants are just this team that, like, somehow, some way, they get into the, you know, you and I talk about it, right? Like the dark places, the crevices, uh, like they, <laughs> the uh, hidden yardage, and all of that yeah. stuff, where you just like somehow they stay in the game, right? Like it's the Titans do that, the the Jets are certainly doing that. Speaking of the Broncos last week, um, yeah, and listen, man, who doesn't love a good like get in the aisle workout? You know, maybe some deep lunges, some deep knee bends. You know, if there's a flight from Toronto to Vegas, you know, I'm getting out there and getting in some deep knee bends uh, in hour two of that trip. Uh, yeah, and like, is he's proud of this? I guess I don't really know. Anyway, like, keep that to yourself, right? <laughs> like, why do you need to tell people that? I don't understand. Well, that's it. Yeah, like he's. I thought initially somebody else was sort of leaking this um, situation, but my guy's got some Wolverine blood, so you know I guess the rules don't apply. Um, yeah. So the so let's first of all talk about the line move here, right? So this opens four, and it moves across three, which is obviously as we know like the biggest move it can make. Mm-hmm. And you're going, you're sitting there going like, wait a minute, the Jags are favored by four points at this point. Like the Jags metrics are all like really, really good. And, you know, know. again, they're sort of in the, in the dark places in a, in a, in a different way where they're sort of giving it up here and there. Right. Mm -hmm. We talked about how they had 200 more yards than the Texans and lost that game. So I, obviously we need to know who's going to start for the Broncos, but this line move indicates that Russ and his, you know, 
deep knee bends are looking pretty good for London. Like you can't be doing all this on the plane and not playing. If you were literally anybody else, but I don't know if you heard your, your guy, Bill Simmons this week, right. He talked about Tom Brady, like entering the Tyson zone, right. Mm -hmm. Which is his Mm -hmm. famous sort of thing where like any headline, you, you know, you would believe like somehow we got to a point where Tom Brady, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are all now like, co-chairing the tyson zone at this point so right? strange well like anything you if you told me anything about any three any one of those three guys like i'd be like yeah okay i, I mean that's weird but like i guess yeah um and that's where we are in the nfl and that's why this season is so weird right like that is the sort of structure of the weirdness of this season because those three guys are out of control all that is to say like it's the same thing as last week where honestly i just think i rather brett rip and play and yeah. the better price i don't want mm-hmm. brett Rippin and plus two and a half I but you. I would want Brett Rippin at four, at four and a half. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, I kind of want the Jags at minus two and a half. I got you. And honestly, if Wilson gets the way this is sort of trending, right? Because I saw it last week, quick diversion here. So I saw last week some people saying, you know, really shouldn't give shine to this level of stupidity. But like, I saw people saying like, oh yeah, Russell Wilson got ruled out and Brett Rippin is in and like, and the line only moved a half point. Because it <laughs> I'm like, no, like the line was already three and a half yeah. on Monday. Yeah. And like the word got out that he was highly questionable, you know, yeah. and it they moved to three and sure. then, yeah. And then down to pick them. And then like, then once, you know, it, once it was Jets minus one, did it move to minus one and a half? Like that was sort of the last straw in all of this. Yeah. Right. So if Wilson gets ruled in here, and the line doesn't move or, you know, are people going to be like, Oh, it didn't move. Right. Wilson's in. It's like, well, it's already moved a, a point and a half across three, which yeah. is like, you know, like it's like worth double basically at this point. Mm-hmm. But what if it, what if he does, you know, everything's a green light and he's a go and like this moves down closer to pick him or minus one. Like that's a must bet at that point on the Jags, because honestly, I think the Jags are a better team at this point. They mm-hmm. just kind of keep bleeping some stuff up here, right? Like whether it's in Indianapolis, at home to Houston, et cetera, et cetera. The Broncos, on the other hand, like, again, like, what are you getting from, from Russell Wilson? And so my number for this game is, like, basically a pick And honestly, I'm probably too low on the Jags in this situation, and I'm probably too high on the Broncos in this situation. So, like, I'm going to wait on this. I'm not making this. I didn't, you know, if I grabbed a bet, obviously, I would have grabbed Denver plus the, you know, four plus three and a half, something along those lines. I'm really just waiting for the Jags here because the market line off of what the Broncos were last week is like four and a half for the Jags. Now, again, I think Brett Rippon was better. Like, they deserve to win that game. The Mm -hmm. offense was not great, but the defense, you know, held the Jets in check minus literally two plays. The Jets made two plays that entire game, a Brees Hall 70-yard touchdown run, and then a long, like, 30-yard gain to get into field goal range, essentially. And, like, Brandon McManus is missing kicks and doing all this kind of stuff, right? Where, like, I always think the, the second start for the backup quarterback is going to be the better start. Yeah. So, like... I want Russell Wilson in this game. I want the line <laughs> to get down closer to pick him. And then yeah, I will be yeah. absolutely on the Jags. And if it doesn't move, I think that's an indicator that I'm probably correct about being on the Jags here. Anything under a field goal, but I think there's plenty of time to wait and see where this goes off of the quarterback news, right? And by the same yeah. token, right? If Russ is out 
and you know he's jet lagged and his hamstring still doesn't work and his shoulder is done and the deep knee bends didn't get it done either and the line goes back across three i'll be on the broncos with brett rippon i'm totally fine with that too i think three here is the key 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 number here honestly i would tell you right now the jags probably win this game by three points yeah i my hatred towards russell wilson when they don't cover the two and a half points for me in this game in london yeah it will get even worse along with the cringe photo shoot that he will be on with sierra this weekend in london remember sure. i said it first yeah just on top of big ben or in front of big, can you go on top of big ben anyway, neither here nor there i'm just gonna let that one go <laughs> luckily roethlisberger is not in the league anymore anyway <laughs> Panthers at Falcons. Falcons as four and a half point favorites at home. The Panthers actually look like a football team last week for some reason, or maybe as we discussed earlier, the Bucks just, I don't know what that was from the Bucks. Meanwhile, Falcons fell, but this game prime in the Vegas zone. This is the beginning of a lot of these games where I feel so disgusting about it because I don't like it at all. I don't like the Panthers. I'm not being fooled by what happened last week, but I also don't like laying four and a half points with Atlanta. But if I have to choose, which I've stupidly forced myself to do on this podcast, I'm going to take Atlanta. I like how they play at home. I think they can move the ball. They'll have more success at moving the ball than the Bucks might've done last week. Um, and the Panthers, are they going to travel? I feel like that win was kind of their like rah-rah, you know, like, yeah, so you're primed for a letdown in the following week. So I'm on Atlanta not liking it, plugging my nose and laying four and a half points with the Falcons. I think you're right on it when it comes to the spot, right? Like it is such a brutal spot. And it wasn't like that the Panthers just came out last week and just, you know, again, blew the doors off the Bucks. It was sort of like a, just a malingering, right? <laughs> they were totally loitering outside the yeah. convenience store. Yeah. Right. They were just sort of hanging around going like, well, if you're going to just leave the the porn magazines unattended, like I'm probably going to just steal one. <laughs> right. And they're just like, OK, it's like, not like, where I thought that reference was going at all, but well played. <laughs> you know, you know, sometimes we get a little loose on the show. Um, so, yeah, but the funny thing no, is, I was more referencing the fact that it's like 2022. And is that like a thing still? That people steal. Do these magazines things? exist? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it was a long time ago, man. Like I was a kid. People do stuff. Um, uh, I've taken <laughs> us off the rails. It's okay. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of that. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the line here, right? So we got, uh, <laughs> please, um, Atlanta's open minus six. And what? Yeah. And so, yeah. And, okay. And so people are like, well, that's 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 too much here. Like yeah. a lot of respect here for this Carolina defense. Because, I mean, I still don't think we're doing much here with the offense. But this is the, you know, last season was the story of the season was, you know, obviously with COVID being, a you know, an element, but certainly injuries and questionable quarterbacks and like the over adjustment of lines based on the, on the quarterback, right? And we're back mm -hmm. to it this year, but it's all been a little bit more firm, right? It was like, we know PJ Walker is going to start this game and we are going to like bottom out their rating at mm -hmm. a 20 Right. Like, because that's where we went last week with being home underdogs of 13 points. Like, that's a 20 out of 100. Like, that is the floor. Right. We don't go lower than 20 in the rating system unless, like, some real bleep has happened. Right. And so, with the Panthers being considered a 20, which again was an over exaggeration and again should have triggered a bet immediately on the Panthers as painfully as that would have been. 
because they're not a 20, but like they're probably still a 25. Like we're not going to bump them up into like the 30 range. But yeah. as a 20, this line should be eight, right? So if you took, you know, if you literally just changed the weeks, if you flipped the weeks, if that version mm -hmm. of Carolina that we thought as of say Saturday or Thursday night or Friday or whatever, like if that version of the team in our perception anyway, if that team went to Atlanta, they would have been eight point underdogs. But because they sort of linger and they loiter and they and they shoplift uh, against the Bucks, they get this credit and it's like, okay, well, let's bump them back up, right? Let's mm -hmm. not all the way back up to when like Christian McCaffrey was uh, loitering around here, but like we bump them back up into the low 30s, and like that's when we get this like four type of number, right? And there are some fours available. Obviously, four and four and a half is is there's not a ton difference between those two things. The problem here with the Falcons is they have some pretty significant injuries. Like we, that's why we were on Cincinnati last week because the yeah. secondary was just losing guys hand over fist. Right. And they even had uh, AJ Terrell, like he even like left that game. Uh, and at that point it was like, okay, like, well, they just don't have the dudes here to cover, you know, Boyd and, and chase and, you know, Higgins didn't necessarily go off uh, unfortunately, but, What's PJ Walker going to do to take advantage of that? Like, it's one thing when you have to deal with that against Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Yeah. It's another thing when you got PJ Walker coming to town. Like, yeah. Let's get Hold some guys off. Yeah. Let's get some guys off the practice squad here. Let's get, you know, let's get the defense sort of tightened up and let's mm -hmm. maybe, you know, again, convert on some of these on a pass or two. And honestly, the Falcons aren't even going to throw the ball that much. They're just going to run it, run it, run it. This kind of feels a little bit more, you know, I'd want to say like an under, but you know, me and the totals, they don't necessarily go uh, well together. I'm just going to kind of wait and see. Again, this is another sort of wait and see, like how much credit are the Panthers going to get here? Are we going to get like a flat four? Are we going to get like a three and a half? I already bet the, the Panthers plus six because I just knew that number was not going to be, you know, yeah. sort of sustainable, if you will, right? Like that wasn't going to be around very long. But honestly, like I would probably lean to the Falcons being able to take care of business here because honestly, I just trust that team, their coaching, their system, their, you know, all of that stuff. And the spot for the Panthers is brutal, right? Like, again, they got away with stealing last week and now they're going to Atlanta, a team that all of a sudden is in contention here for the division title. You know, I think. Yeah. It's not something where I'm like, yep, Panthers are something. Like, I think they have a chance to win this game outright. Like, I'm just, I'm sorry. Like, it's not working for me. Like the, the occasional, like popping the big run that worked against the Buccaneers. Again, maybe that works this week, but it's, you know, weird as it is to say, I trust the Falcons offense at this point to be able to do a little bit more because they're not trying to do too much, right? Yeah. Brady and the Bucks offense is trying to do too much and they're trying to do it in like the most boring way possible where the Falcons. It's like, you're going to hit you in the mouth. We're going to tell you what's coming. A run to the left side of our offensive line is coming do what you can to stop that and like you know a lot of teams haven't been able to and maybe the panthers can because their defense is pretty good but a lot of that is the pass defense right and their able ability to get pressure on a quarterback especially one that isn't mobile like tom brady well you got the mobile quarterback here with marcus mariota so you know you never like to lay points here with the falcons this isn't some massive uh you know if the falcons had won for example last week against cincinnati and we saw this line sort of shoot up because it was some big uh, adjustment to the Falcons. That's not what this is, right? That's not what this minus four and a half is. There isn't some crazy adjustment. They're still kind of in the, honestly, they're in the high thirties, 
like maybe low 40s right now. This isn't a team that's being considered from a rating standpoint, a playoff team, even though they might find themselves in the playoffs when the end of the season comes around. I got you. I got you. So Falcons minus four and a half is where I'll be sitting on that one. Uh, Let's move on to the Bears and the Cowboys. Bears traveling to Dallas as nine and a half point underdogs. And hey, here's one thing. The Bears scored 30 plus points. I didn't know that was a thing that was possible. But you know what? I don't see happening back to back weeks. Definitely not. The other thing is, for some reason with weather, the Bears somehow become like a better team or move the ball better. <laughs> or maybe the other team is just way more affected. But two of their wins have come in weather. No? Yeah. Like I, I have that correct? Yeah, absolutely. It's I don't see three. that happening. Like we're in Jerry's world, so that's gone. The Bears, they... Again, another team that is coming off a great win last week mm-hmm. begs for the letdown the following week. I don't like laying the nine and a half points with the Cowboys, but it's under 10. Yeah. <laughs> so while we're still under 10, I'll take the nine and a half points in your Dallas Cowboys. And I think that's the big thing here, right? I grabbed plus 10 and a half, like middle of the game on Monday night. Cause I'm like, oh, if, if the bears are just going to like start running fields in, in design runs, where it starts to like have, you know, sort of, you know, again, to borrow a phrase here, like homeless man's Lamar Jackson type vibes, where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, let's just run an end, you know, an end run here with with Justin Fields instead of like every play has to be dropped back, read one receiver and then take off. Like they're actually doing a little bit extra here. And that's uh, that's obviously something that happened because of the, you know, mini buy that they got from playing in the Thursday night game. Because mm-hmm. the cool thing, if you can sort of, you know, can quotation mark this, about watching the Bears in primetime two weeks in a row is noticing how different the offense looked. Not yeah. just from like a success, like, oh, this guy caught the ball, this guy didn't. Like, no, they, they were actually running design plays. And that's the type of thing that you can only only kind of bring out once to kind of surprise a team yeah the right? tape now exists now the tape exists and it's not even just tape it's like the cowboys i imagine we're watching that game live right it's not even <laughs> like okay let's dust off the disc and like pop it in the old laptop here it's like no we're actually watching this go down live and you mentioned it right like the speed element of playing indoors and the cowboys defense sideline to sideline Like Justin Fields isn't going to be just able to get the ball, snap it and run around it. Like he's playing in a pop Warner game, right? (laughs) Where he's just faster than everybody because he's not faster than everybody on the Dallas Cowboys. Right. And the short week you've got Dak coming back. You know, we talked about it with the guard with regards to the second game of a backup quarterback. How about the second game of a guy who was hurt? And listen, the Cowboys probably should not have covered that game. That game was wildly cosmetic from a final score standpoint. We Mm -hmm. were a Jamal Williams one-yard fumble, you know, one fumble one yard from the goal line from them taking the lead in the fourth quarter of that game, which, you know, at that point all but guarantees at least a cover. So, like, this, you know, you could look at this and be like, well, the Cowboys are overrated because, like, they shouldn't have covered that game. I think this one just comes down to matchup situation, all of that kind of stuff. Because like, again, I don't, I don't know that we were wrong thinking that the bears offense isn't very good and that the Patriots or a good defense can stop them Yeah. because they get like, they give up the most pressure in the league and the mm-hmm. bears were able to sort of take some of, you know, some of that out of the equation, but they're mm-hmm. not going to be able to do that against the Cowboys. 
So I grabbed a bunch of plus 10 and a half, again, knowing the line was going to go down. This line's not going to like drop to like seven where it's going to be like the best deal ever. So like eight, eight and a half, like I could honestly, I could see this by Sunday rolling down to like where you could get a minus eight. So I would take, you know, I'd wait on that a little bit here because again, you know, we talk about this all the time, right? You watch a team in prime time. It's kind of a reverse Chiefs situation, right? Where, or maybe it's the exact same thing as the Chiefs. Where, like, you look at this team, you go, oh, like, they actually look pretty good. And, like, how many bets are we going to lose on the Bears because we saw them play well, like, one time? Yeah. You know, in this case, we're going to get points instead of be, you know, given points. But honestly, not that much has changed. And only sort of bad things can kind of happen here for the Bears going forward. I shouldn't say only, but, like, most likely it's they're going to be, you know, overrated. And honestly, the Cowboys at this point might be a little bit underrated because of what is kind of a tricky spot that was last week. But again, the defense is probably going to prevail here uh, for the Cowboys because, again, they're going to get a ton of pressure on fields. He is going to turn the ball over even more than Goff did. Goff turned Mm -hmm. it over a lot, especially once pressure, you know, fourth quarter being behind, all of that sort of thing is happening. They're going to run the ball better than the Patriots ran the ball against the Bears. And again, the fast track in Dallas is not going to be helping uh, where the sort of rainy kind of scummy night in, uh, on Monday night in Foxborough, I think, helped out the Bears. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to wait on this and I'll probably come back on. I know I'm going to come back on the uh, Cowboys here at the best number I can get. Yeah, um, I'll be riding with the Cowboys minus nine and a half and hoping for a double digit victory for sure. Keep things moving here with the Dolphins as three and a half point favorites in Detroit against the Lions. I'm leaning here on the Miami Dolphins. The Lions, they have, I mean, for a team that I used to love to bet on in these spots, Mm -hmm. this is a prime spot that I'm sitting here saying, should probably take the Lions, should probably take the Lions. But they've just, I don't know, injuries have piled up. They've been struggling the last few weeks to just even show up and be the scrappy team we know them to be. Yeah. Are you going to tell me, though, the injuries are getting a bit better? Because as of now, I'm on the Dolphins. Yeah, well, that's what kept them in that game last week against the Cowboys, right? The offensive line is there, right? Sewell is there. Ragnow is there. Uh, missing the uh, left tackle. Um, you know, those guys are there, and that's that's what you need when when we're looking to back the Lions problem was Amon Ross St. Brown was there and he was there for about five seconds before he left that game. So again, we keep an eye on that. Deandre Swift, another week out. We weren't really thinking that was going to happen, um, but he gets ruled out. It, is it a difference maker on the goal line, for example? I don't know if he would have been in there or whether mm-hmm. Williams, you know, he usually often, I shouldn't say usually, but often gets the goal line carry anyway. So again, a bunch of different stuff. Kind. Of, I mean, listen, if, if, you know, your boy wakes up there and throws his challenge flag. And maybe, you know, even if they don't get the touchdown uh, from the second string tight end who somehow didn't get into the end zone, I think they probably would have ruled him short, but at least that would have given them a minute to kind of gather themselves. And I think there's a better chance of Williams not fumbling it if they're not sort of rushing to the line and, uh, you know, not being in a panic on trying to decide whether or not to challenge it. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, all that is to say, like, the Lions actually played pretty well until that kind of happened. And, like, by the way, I still don't understand how that was ruled a touchback where you didn't even get the Cowboys pinned at the one-yard line. Who knows what happens, right, if they have to go into that sort of offensive, you know, the prevent offense, if you will, of, like, let's just get this thing out into sort of a reasonable space. You know, Lions defense never going to be great. I thought they played pretty well against the Cowboys. They are obviously yeah. going to be up against it. We watched the Dolphins. You know, you and I talk about the script. How good did the script look for the Dolphins 
against the Steelers on Sunday night, right? Like yeah. electricity. And it's like, no, that's yeah. if you had told me after that drive, like that was the only touchdown that they were going to get in the entire game, right? Like it's funny how like the script just tricks you into thinking that these teams are just incredible offensive juggernauts. It's like, yeah, no, they ran everything really fast. It's almost as though they had the plays memorized. And like, that was it. And then it was like a couple of field goals here and there. And like, all of a sudden the Steelers were back in that game. So like, I'd be a little bit worried about the first you know, 15 plays when it comes to the Dolphins, right? Like kind of make a note of mm-hmm. that. But if the Lions get DeAndre Swift back and they get, you know, and they have the offense that they normally do, like, you know, the plus three and a half, man, like that's got the backdoor, you know, situation written all over it. And so I'm probably going to be on the lines here, plus three and a half. We'll see if it gets to four. Maybe, you know, who knows, might even get to four and a half. All of that, you know, every half point sort of matters in backdoor town. Definitely. Right? Because, like, you get into, like, the weird spot where they're down 11 and they get the touchdown. They go for the two-point conversion. And, like, man, if we could get plus five, like, on game day, like, just to sort of avoid, you know, let's just get a push, you know, on that type of thing. You just never know how the game is going to sort of shake down here. So, yeah, I'm not right. You know, again, it's a little bit scary because Miami indoors sort of feels like a thing that you could be sitting there on Sunday being like, oh, my God, they're the fastest man alive. Like, I just don't, you know, I just – I'm not there with the Dolphins on just like road favorite of minus three and a half, like over a field goal. Again, it's another one. Let's wait and see. It's already moved from three to three and a half. You know, maybe there are going to be some fours, some four and a halves. And oh man, can you imagine a five? What a great day that would be. Woo. Uh, speaking of great days, I didn't know that I would see the day. Despite the fact talking about we thought the Vikings, this could be the year they finally take over that division. I did a double take when I saw that the five and one vikings i was like wait what like that's a real real thing here we are yeah here we are um coming off a bye they're at home i like both of those things taking on the cards was that last week kyler murray in on the sidelines being held back by deandre hopkins who had like this weird smirk on his face yeah yeah. wow like it was almost as if Hopkins is like, oh, yeah, I've heard this rant before. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Or like, like I, I'm glad somebody finally told this guy to like <laughs> calm the bleep down. Exactly, right? So it's just not – the vibes are not good for the cards, we'll say. So good. They're so not good, in fact, that it has me laying three and a half points with Kirk Cousins at home. Every half point matters. Mm-hmm. Please tell me that, you know, I, I hope that you're on my side here on this, but – Obviously, I understand the reasons to not be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. And yeah, again, yeah, like, yeah. I get, I, like, I, again, I was so high on the Vikings coming in. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to have, like, a real offense. Here we go. Things are going to be great. You, you, what do you want to talk? You want to talk the Bears game in Minnesota? You want to talk the Lions game in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. Right? Whether it's statuesque passer in Jared Goff or whether it's guy who can run Justin Fields. Like, you're right. Right. Like it's, it just doesn't really kind of matter. Like the Vikings are going to play close games. Like they just always do. And the other thing is the Cardinals are insanely good on the road. Mm. Like over the last, basically in the like Kyler Marie, like, you know, Cliff Kingsbury era, particularly against the spread. I can sort of reference one where everybody left them for dead last year and they went into Dallas and they won that game. Mm -hmm. Similar kind of deal here. And the key here is like, again, just watching their offense on Thursday when mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins is on the field. Big right? difference. 
big difference, right? He's like double digit, like level catches or targets. And like, he's in the mix. He, they were running him out of the slot a bunch, which is a new sort of wrinkle there. So it's like, they already know, or they've already been kind of waiting for him to kind of like, okay, you come back. And when you come back, we're going to have you do, you know, like 15 plays a game. You're going to be in the slot. You're going to get free releases. Like, it's going to be awesome. Like, da, da, da. And they actually, like, made it work. And, like, somehow, because every random on the planet somehow scored a touchdown last week, but DeAndre Hopkins didn't score a touchdown. And so, you know, like, Alvin Kamara didn't score a touchdown. <laughs> he just had, like, all of the non-fantasy football guys were scoring touchdowns. This is a situation where, like, there isn't a guy on Minnesota that can deal with mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins. And we know that, like, on on defense all the cards going up folks the card is i love how the card changes every week um the, you know that's my train of thought. oh <laughs> i mean okay yeah two pick sixes they're not going to get two pick sixes against you know they got two picks against andy dalton but like aren't andy dalton and kirk cousins like sort of like hand in hand like walking into history together as guys that's who are going to somehow have played 15 years but like in neither case are you ever like trusting of them to like make a play I think fundamentally here, the guy that we no one really talks about here is the cornerback on the Cardinals, Murphy, who mm-hmm. is like he if you actually look at like uh, Cooper Cup, the times that the Rams have played the Cardinals, it's like the only time Cooper Cup has ever not had a good game. Now oh. I realize Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson are different body types, but mm-hmm. they play the same role on their offense of the sort of Kevin O'Connell Rams, like I'm bringing the Rams offense here, blah, 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 right? So like at least from a route running and, you know, how it's supposed to look standpoint, Murphy knows what to expect when it comes to Mm -hmm. where Justin Jefferson is going to go, right? Beyond that, it's a lot of like play action, roll it out, Kirk Cousins, like dump it to a guy who's like running directly for the sidelines, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the offense. It's, it's like a two-part type of a deal here. So the Cardinals defense is actually like sneaky good and the metrics are still sort of catching up to it because the first week against the Chiefs when they were so banged up and they were missing so many guys, like it's still slowly kind of catching up from that standpoint. Like they don't have a ton of like stars necessarily. They have a lot of really solid players here. And, like, they are really good on the road. And, you know, listen, the Vikings, we do the whole little fat and happy type thing. When you go into a, into your bye week and you have a great record or you feel like you're playing really well, right, sometimes it's really hard to come out of the bye week with that same sort of level. I think the Cardinals have a very real chance here to win this game outright. You're getting three and a half. There's even some late, like, fours lingering out there doing some loitering of their own. Yeah, to me, this is Cardinals uh, to keep this close and if not win this game outright. I like it. I like it. And the pick has been changed, ladies and gents. The card is out. We are flipping. Sheldon says Arizona plus three and a half. And again, you get the Cardinals, right? That It's an extra little buy. You know, it's the mini buy compared to the bye week. And you have, you know, Robbie Anderson, who's that field stretching guy, the guy who can run it deep. You can play Rondale more in the slot a little bit more. Everybody kind of fits a little bit more, even if Robbie Anderson doesn't necessarily get a ton of targets. At least him being out there kind of moves everybody into a correct place. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Love all of that. Uh, I also am interested to hear what you love about our next game, Raiders at the Saints. Raiders on the road, favored by two points in New Orleans. I wish this was three so I could get the Saints plus three, but you know, beggars can't be choosers here. Uh, Either way, Raiders looked all right last week. They looked all right. That's more of what the offense is that you want to see, but 
was the Texans, right? So it's like, <laughs> yeah, all right, cool. And yeah, and most importantly, the Texans run defense too, mm-hmm. right? Which is yeah, going to come Jacobs up here shortly. Was going crazy, going absolutely ham. Right. Yeah. And so is that something that's going to be replicable against the Saints? Like it depends. I hope not. Right. <laughs> it depends, honestly. Like what version of the Saints defense, you know, the thing that we thought we could rely on here, mm-hmm. it just kind of has gone away. And all of a sudden, like the Saints offense is really good, at least when they're not like having deflect- deflected balls go into the hands of opponents and opponent opponents defensive backs. Right. Yeah. Like they're from a yards per play standpoint, the Saints are like again, top five in the league, as usual with the Saints. It's how many guys are we going to have out there, right? Like, again, Michael Thomas just infuriating his availability or lack thereof because he matters. Like, he does, especially in the red zone and just a guy that you have to pay attention to, right? Jarvis Landry's going to make a couple of catches per game that are, you know, especially on third down. And, like, those guys are out. And it's like, man, hopefully Jawan Johnson really comes down with a couple of balls today or, like, <laughs> Traquan, you know? It's just, like all these different dudes who like, yeah, okay. Like I know, I know I've heard of him, but like, he's not really scaring me in any way, shape or form. And like Mark Ingram got taken out of that game last week and the run game in general got taken out of that game last week. Once those back-to-back pick sixes happened. Right. So it all kind of shook down in a really negative way for the saints where Andy Dalton, you know, and one of those was a deflected, you know, a pass that was flat out dropped. Like he was put in the right spot. And the other one was a pressure related, like, you know, duck that he threw. But if he doesn't, you know, if that, you know, if that catch gets made, for example, right, the whole game script goes a little bit differently because you're watching that game in the first quarter and they're up 10 points or whatever it was. And you're like, oh, man, like, you know, Saints teasers are are a cruise job. Turned out we had to, like, cling to teaser life, like, you know, with our bare hands towards the end of the game as the Saints, you know, kick the field goal to get it inside of eight and a half (laughs) in that game. I'd look at it this way, right? Like this is the exact same line from two weeks ago again with the Bengals came to town against the Saints. Do you have the Bengals rated the same as the Raiders? Like I, I think the Bengals are a better team. Yeah. Right? I think the Bengals yep. are a little bit more dangerous. Yeah. And so, and by the way, the Saints are up nine points and should have covered that game comfortably, even if they had come back and you know, even if the Bengals had come back to only win by one, right? You would have gotten home with the Saints there. So I just think there's a possibility here that we get a decent injury report. This line comes down to pick them, which is a little bit closer to where I think it should be. You're not getting like some t- a ton of value because it's plus two and it should be pick them at this point. It's just not going to get to three unless like some really bad stuff has happened for the Saints from an injury report standpoint. And I just don't see that being the case because they've had the sort of you know week and a half off here with the mini bye week. And some guys who have you know, been off for a couple of weeks that hopefully maybe, you know, might get back into the mix. I like it. I'm on the Saints plus two in that one. Interested right. to hear your take on the next game, which is the Pats minus one and a half at the Jets. I made a mistake when I first wrote this down. I wrote down Jets minus one and a half. And mm. I stopped to think to myself, wait, when was the last time the Jets would have been favored against the Patriots? And then I looked back and I was like, Oh, wait, they're not favored in this game either. (laughs) So it's like, oh, okay, everything's normal. Okay, cool. (laughs) Let's continue here. Yeah. I'm on the Pats. And I mean, give me Zappy. I don't know what's going on with Belichick. I love his post-game presser where he's going back and forth. And the reporters are trying to figure out what his strategy was. And he's just like, yeah, they both knew they were going to play. Like, he's just totally messing with them. And I love it. I'm always (laughs) here for salty Belichick. But give me Zappy. Yeah. And give me the Pats minus one and a half points. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, I think you're getting Mac Jones 
you know, I, know. I, 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 just, know. I don't think you can, it's not about going back to Zappy, but it's like, if you don't go to Mac Jones, it's like, Sounds you really like just, you really, you really just, yeah. You really just buried Mac Jones because he hit the cable, you know, of the, the camera cable going over the, yeah, over the yeah. middle. Yeah. Um, so I think you're going to get Mac Jones. I mean, to be mm -hmm. honest with you, I don't think it matters. Right. Because fundamentally, like, it's funny. It did feel like they kind of just started running the good plays when Zappy came in and like the receivers just started like going a little bit extra for the ball. You know, it's like they were making some sick catches. Cause they like Zappy too, man. And, and honestly, I, you know, I don't know the inner workings. I couldn't tell you, like maybe it seems really hard to believe that like Mac Jones is just like an ass. Um, you know, I don't think he's doing deep knee bends on the, on, on the flight. <laughs> um, I don't know if there is a, is there a flight? I mean, I guess there's a flight from Boston to New York. Uh, they wouldn't just train it down, I suppose. Um, listen, going into the game, I, against the bears, I was like, man, like, I hope somehow, is it possible that the Patriots could cover while also not looking good so that I can get Patriots like minus one or minus one and a half next week against the jets? Because like I'm watching Zach Wilson against the Broncos and it's just nah for me on, yeah. on Zach Wilson and like kudos to them, right? Like they get the Brees Hall big play and you go, man, like that was really great for them. But like how much of this is sustainable? And then they're now missing Vera Tucker. And of course Hall goes out. It's like James Robinson's going to be the answer. And it's like, just for a second, I was like, everybody's like all excited because James Robinson's going to like take the Brees Hall role. But I'm like, didn't we just decide that Brees Hall was like the rookie of the year and like the next great thing? And if he's yeah. if he's the next great thing and he gets hurt and just James Robinson can come in and like <laughs> take care of business, it's like then Brees Hall can't be the next great <laughs> thing. Like that's not how this works, yeah, right? Like yeah. we just did this with Saquon, you know, New yeah. York market for like the last two years, where it's like, yeah, no, he's that's actually a Saquon thing. It's actually a Brees Hall thing. So I just look at this and I go, you know, what can the Jets do that the Bears, you know, did? And like, because the Bears were like, yeah, we're going to go and we're going to we're going to create some new plays here that just involve Justin Fields running the football. Well, Zach Wilson's going to get killed if that's the case, because it's adorable that he's running and doing pirouettes back there. And like my guy got away with one when he fumbled trying to get away from the Broncos. I'm still trying to figure out what the call was on, in that case. Like his wrist was down. Like, I don't really think that was the situation, but anyway, the Broncos should have had a defensive touchdown early in the game. Again, speaking of things that could go either way, that just kind of happened to go against us last week. I just look at it and I go, okay, I don't really care that the jets are home, right? This isn't some like massive travel spot. I get it's a short week, but like, I think Bill Belichick understands how to work from Monday to Sunday. Like, it, you know, he, <laughs> He's, he's probably got this figured out from like a plotting and planning standpoint. And because the Jets keep winning, that's what's keeping this line, you know, sort of at a, in a dull roar, if you will. Right. And so I look at it and like, I get why the market has this at minus one and a half. Like that's probably an appropriate number. My own personal ratings come to about three, three and a half for mm -hmm. the Patriots here. Because okay. I'm not going just absolutely nuts when it comes to that game on Friday. Like, I realize with a downgrade from Friday's game, it's probably something under a field goal. But just from a situation, um, a situation situation, um, a situational <laughs> spot, like, I think this is a really good spot to back Belichick for that bounce back. Everybody's going to be, like, focused. The whole BS with the quarterback controversy not going to be an issue. The uh, Patriots win this game and do so relatively comfortably. I like it. I like it. 
Let's he also, keep... by the way, like he also doesn't lose to the Jets. Like this is a guy who he literally was the coach of for a day, and then said like, "Nah, like this sucks. I'm out of here." Like this is, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't just any team that the Patriots are going to play. Right there with you, my dude. Right there with you. Uh, Steelers at Eagles, and I know the the graphic at the bottom of the screen already says that I am on the Eagles at home minus 11. And that's a whole lot of points. And normally I come on here and I'm like, I need you. I'm taking, I'm taking the points yeah. as the underdogs normally. Yeah. And I'm asking you to talk me into why I shouldn't do that. But I'm just in love with the Eagles, man. Oh, man. I, it pains me to say it. Philly's on a wave right now. Bryce Harper's doing Superman poses, hitting home runs. And like, there's just a lot of waves going on in Philly right now. 11 points is a lot though, right? Yeah. And this number is too high. Like it's, okay. it just, it is right. Like this should be 10, nine and a half, right. Something along those lines, but yeah, like people are in love with the Eagles. They're getting some credit for coming off of a bye week, all of that sort of thing. But like, if you can hang with what the dolphins did offensively, what the, what the dolphins do offensively, right. With the speed of those wide receivers and the outside running game, right. That sort of 49ers, you know, mm-hmm. style run game. Like you can hang with the, with the Eagles offense. Like I'm not in love with the Eagles offense. Like I've got Jalen hurts in fantasy and like the touchdowns are sweet and like mm-hmm. all of that kind of thing. And like it all kind of, you know, when the, when the, the old, I was going to call it the vet, when the link is rocking, like don't come a knocking, like it's going to be a problem for you. Like we're talking about 11 points and like outside of going to Buffalo with a, you know, rookie quarterback or I believe his picket was in for the Steelers game against Buffalo. It's all kind of uh, lost. I mean, whether it was a rookie quarterback or whether it was Mitch Trubisky doesn't really matter. When yeah. is going to Buffalo and getting absolutely housed as 14 point uh, underdogs. Like that's one thing. Other than that, like the Steelers don't really get blown out. Like this isn't that type of, you know, and this is, you know, this again, isn't just another team. This is an in-state team. The card is out. I love it. I've already talked him out of uh, Philadelphia. What could possibly go wrong? Again, bye week, that's cool. But, like, again, another team that was sitting pretty, right? Mm-hmm. Undefeated going into the bye. Like, how, you know, how does that sit, right? Does that burn desire for the next mm. game? Or mm. does, like, the Steelers competing with Kenny Pickett, who, like, again, wasn't great, obviously, towards the end when you need him to win the game. We we might not be there yet because he's a rookie quarterback, but we're not asking him to win the no. game here, right? No. We're just asking a guy to keep this thing reasonable again, a little disturbed by that Eagles game against the Cowboys going into the bye, where they take the big lead. And then they just sort of slowly let the team come back. I think that could be a type of a situation here where it just kind of is like, yeah, we got 24, you guys got 14, you know, and like, we're just kind of good with it. There's also, by the way, a little bit of a realm here where the Steelers actually win this game outright. Sorry, yeah. that pause was for dramatic effect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in case yeah, anyone was wondering. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just, you know what I mean? Like, listen, it's the Steelers, right? Like they're 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 loiterers too, man. They are convicted <laughs> loiterers. They're on like their second time. You know, they've done time already for loiter. I don't think you can go to jail for loitering, but like this is a second time. This is a multiple time offenders here in the loitering department here. And again, I'm not. I don't think the Steelers are going to win necessarily, but we're talking about a money line that is pretty significant here. And this is, again, the Steelers team that has the attention of the coach, 
They, mm-hmm. you know, they're sort of buying in here potentially to pick it. The offensive coordinator is a buffoon, admittedly, but you know what I mean? There's some weapons there. Let's throw it to George Pickens. Just keep doing that. Right. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and obviously, you know, you got Claypool and you got Johnson, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like there are some weapons here on the Steelers. And again, the defense, they keep like missing guys from a personnel standpoint, but they keep playing pretty well. And if they yeah. keep this in that sort of under territory, if you will, where they, o- they only give up, say, 20 points to Philadelphia. Right. They force a few field goals. Mm-hmm. you know maybe there's a chance that they're sort of uh, lingering in the end there and maybe there's a turnover and you know something kind of crazy happens listen it's the nfl after what we saw last week man tampa carolina new england and, and chicago like who is to say that one team has no chance to win a game against another team like imagine being like that brazen and that arrogant that you would say this team has no chance of beating this other team given what we've seen through the first seven weeks of the nfl season The pick has been switched. Pittsburgh plus 11. Let's go. Kenny Pickett. Just keep it close, my dude. Just keep it close. Keep things moving here with the Titans. Minus two at the Texans. Uh, Texans, I mean, you know I love to bet on the Texans, but not in instances like this. (laughs) It's only two points. Like you're only two-point dogs. This one I would need it to be at three and a half for me to be taking the Texans in this spot. It's not at three and a half. So I like the Titans who have, you know, put together a couple weeks of looking like a solid team here. Again, more so the team that we've been used to seeing over the last few years. They're still not great. We're not asking them to be great. We're asking them to beat the Texans by two. So with that, give me the Titans. That's right. Yeah. And so here's the problem, right? The Titans are legitimately bad. I I hope none of what I just said makes you think that I think the Titans are good. No, (laughs) it's just not what I'm saying. It just sort of needs to be sort of just casually pointed out, right? Like we're Mm -hmm. talking about, let me get this right. 31st in -hmm. offensive yards per play. And you're like, oh man, well, it's got to be the defense. that has got them, you know, five and two or whatever. No, no, 29th defensively Mm -hmm. in yards per play, right? Like total and utter train wreck. By comparison, Houston is 28th in defensive yards <laughs> per play, right? Like they're right there. And by the way, like Houston's got a robust 21st ranked offense at, on in yards per play. And so you go like, okay, the Texans are you just based on that, right? Which is sort of like a kind of tried and true or sort of reliant, you know, metric, if you will, for handicapping. You just go, okay, the Texans are better. They're at home, mm. right? Why aren't they favored? But, like, we know they're not better because the Titans are in the corners, right? They're digging in the dark places. They are Mike Vrabel, like, just, you know, somehow doing this, right? And, like, that's the difference between the Titans and the Colts, right? Is the Colts are trying to do it sort of with a bow tie on. Whereas, like, right? Whereas the (laughs) Titans have, like, a lunch pail. Now, from a line perspective here, you're going, like, why is this line two? Well, Ryan Tannehill was hobbling all over the field the other day. And this line probably should be over a field goal with the expectation of Ryan Tannehill having like full health. Mm. Well, if he's not healthy, we got two issues. One, he's either playing with a sprained ankle or whatever that is, whatever his leg issue is, or that's Malik Willis's music that you're hearing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, if it were any other matchup, you would go, okay, I'm really looking to fade the rookie quarterback on the road. 
but it's the Texans. This isn't exactly like the toughest game we've ever seen. And like the Texans run defense. Yeah. It just got obliterated by Josh Jacobs after getting obliterated by Austin Eckler after getting obliterated by, you know, fill in the blank obliteration guy. So you go, okay, is it possible the Titans win this game in the dark places by literally just handing the ball off to Derrick Henry or, by the way, just running read options with Malik Willis and Derrick right. Henry and Let's having go. like that inside outside like running combination? Like, doesn't that feel like a thing that's certainly possible? Mm -hmm. oh, by the way, like Davis Mills against this pretty bad Tennessee defense, like probably should do pretty well. I don't know why Matt Ryan couldn't. I also don't know why Matt Ryan was throwing the ball 45 times in what was a one possession game for most of the game. While Jonathan Taylor got 10 carries and he was hitting at six yards per carry. I had the over on Jonathan Taylor because the line was like 68 and a half. <laughs> He had 10 carries and he had 66 yards. Like what is happening over in Indianapolis where like that was the, you know, the, this was the decision-making, right? I think you're getting a lot of Damian Pierce. I think Davis Mills is going to have a little bit more success. He's always better at home. So again, long story short here is like, I'm, I want to know who's going to play here. Cause I think the Texans have a better chance of covering a number. If Tannehill's in and it's three, three and a half, the way that it should be. And if Malik Willis, gets the nod i think the texans probably kind of become favorites here right the pick them the minus one something mm -hmm. along those lines at which point honestly i'll rely on derrick henry and malik willis to just run for 300 yards in like a college football sort of academy style type of deal where like they basically never throw the ball and they just get it done that way now they don't necessarily have the defense to be able to sort of rely on that, but certainly if they do so offensively and maybe get the odd interception, odd fumble, which is again somehow what they do every single time. Yeah, I think Titans have to be the play there. So again, this is another situation where we need to know who's playing, where the line goes, and then just kind of fade that move, whichever way it goes. Yeah, oh, I totally get it. And I hope it's a it's a good game for Derrick Henry. Definitely gonna be needed if we have hopes of them covering this spread for me and our record here on the on blast podcast network. And when I say we, I mean the people of the on blast podcast <laughs> network. That's right. Do we have names for them yet? The blasters? I, I don't know. Is that a thing? No. <laughs> Did you say the blasters? Is that <laughs> yeah, that's said? right. Yeah. We're getting really loose on this. <laughs> I saw that in a magazine once. <laughs> what is going on? The commanders at the Colts. Moving yeah, on. Daniel Snyder's franchise. Right? Perfect timing. Um, so the Colts QB is no longer Matt Ryan. I can't say I know. Like, I, I feel like I've seen the dude's name that is taking over for him. Okay. Like, I remember betting against him over the years in like a random spot start or something. That's what I think. I could be wrong, though. No, no you're, remem you're remembering the 17 years of Sam Ellinger as quarterback of the Texas Longhorns and being a reliable underdog uh, because it's not great at the throwing. Well, here, here's the thing. With that said, how can they come out and just say Matt Ryan will no longer be the starter for the rest of the This guy is going to be the starter for the rest of the season. Like, that's another level of wash that I didn't even realize Matt Ryan was at. Yeah, I think it's, and this is deep into this conspiracy or sort of reading the tea leaves, right? If you were trying your hardest to get Matt Ryan to retire, Ooh. 
and leave the second year yeah. of the contract that they have on mm -hmm. him. Good call. Like, this is the way that you would do it. You wouldn't just kind of ride this out and like they finish eight and nine and they go, oh, you know, if we had a couple of different, you know, a couple of different breaks just here. Just kind of get off to a better start. Yeah, I should say eight, nine, eight, eight and one, right? Because they already have the tie on, under their belt. You know, they finish eight, eight and one and say, oh, you know, a couple of breaks. We go 10, six and one, like we're in the playoffs, like blah, 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 right? Like maybe has a couple of good games. Like we just came off of a theoretically good Matt Ryan game against Jacksonville. So yeah, I would be like, okay, let's get him out of here. And then you look down the the roster and you go, okay, who are our other guys? And one of them's Nick Foles. <laughs> like, what's, like, what's that going to get you? Right. Is the problem is Nick like Nick Foles, Foles will music? get you a couple of wins, mm -hmm. right? Like, that's not really what you want in this situation, because you're looking around here and you're going like, you know, if we could get like a top ten pick, there's a handful of dudes coming out in this draft this is not last year's draft this coming draft there's also right? a seven four french guy who no, like a different sport oh a different sport show. let's see. I, I mean listen there might be a seven four french guy the way those people are <laughs> they're cranking out tall people like we might have a quarterback at this point seven <laughs> feet tall, coming from france no but i mean like there are enough dudes in yeah, you know yeah. in this draft you got you know people are adore will levis for reasons that still remain a little bit shaky to me but like cj stroud obviously and bryce young are sort of leading the way there but there's three four five you know maybe even more guys by the time we get around to it it's a lot different than there was last year right where yeah. malik willis was like considered maybe the top quarterback pick until kenny pickett had a really big year and it's like Oh, okay, I, I, I guess if you have to take a quarterback. And so you don't need to be dead last is the point, right? Yeah. You can look around and be like, well, we got a tie against the Texans. <laughs> so like, you know, we could probably end up sort of in the low, <laughs> the low, you know, the top five here of this draft. How do we do that? Well, Nick Foles is going to get us a couple of wins. Matt Ryan is going to get us like three or four more wins. Sam Allinger might not get us a damn thing. And I yeah. think that might be sort of the way. And you can sort of hide it under the guise of like, well, we see, want to see what we have in Sam Ellinger. Here's the Fair. problem. Matt, uh, Sam, I'm just called Matt Ellinger. Uh, he'd be a lot more handsome if that were the case. Uh, Sam Ellinger and his seven, eight years at Texas, like we figured out that the throwing wasn't the thing. Again, the problem is the running is the thing with Sam Ellinger. Like he will carry dudes, right? Yeah. You need more than one guy to tackle Sam Ellinger. Problem is, is he going to be able to get past the Washington defensive line? Is the offensive line that again we have seen firsthand? The left tackle is like a you know absolute you know old western door you know a saloon door type situation where you're just kind of like bursting through there at any given opportunity. Like it's not going to be great, I don't think, or at least I would bet that it's not going to be great. And as much as we liked Sam Ellinger with those kind of you know mediocre to bad you know Texas teams against Oklahoma like it was always like a fun game you know the the uh, the Cotton Bowl in in October like Sam Ellinger plus seven and a half like I'm in that's not what this is yeah. it's a minus three situation and like usually we come on here and we're like you listen if you if the reason you didn't like betting on the Colts was because you were betting on Matt Ryan and how bad could it be the problem is there hasn't really been an adjustment right all these other games we talk about Russell Wilson I mean go down the list Ryan freaking Tannehill right we go down the list and we go, okay like what what would the number be if these two teams played and this quarterback whatever i'm looking at it right now and i'm going okay washington yeah indianapolis yeah oh wait it would be three three and a half 
And it's like Sam Ellinger's in. It's like, this is actually true. Like this didn't really, I mean, move from like, you know, I think it was four and move to three, which is like a pretty negligible move. Obviously catches half of three, right? From a mm -hmm. push win to a push. But like that's still not that much. And again, what do we have on the Washington side? We got Taylor Heineke, who, by the way, like looked like, again, poor man's Carson Wentz, where every ball looked like it could be a turnover. Every <laughs> drop back was a roller coaster of emotion. He just needs another week of practice, man. Just needs another week of but, practice. But, you know, you say that, but like, honestly, maybe, right? Like, to, just to sort of know, okay. Can't like, get worse. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, like, it could get worse because oh, that, those those that turnover... would be Carson Wentz. <laughs> True, but like, you know what I mean? Like from last week, like those <laughs> turnover-worthy plays could actually be turnovers this week, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that would be problematic. But again, if my theory on this whole like give the guy a second game, that's going to be probably the best it's going to look. And then you get into the, like the Cooper Rush territory, where like the third game and the fourth game are like eh, not so great, and you're like, oh, that's why that guy's not a starting quarterback, right? So whether it's Sam Ellinger like getting his first start, I think ever. I mean, he's always in the preseason just doing work in the fourth quarter, or Taylor Heineke who has a ton of experience and now he's getting his second start. Again, you don't you don't have the it's not raining like it was kind of chaos in Washington in that game against Green Bay, right? It was mucky and, and gross, right? It's going to be an easier environment at least from a playing condition standpoint, and you're getting three points with Washington, so like. Mm -hmm. I think there's just a Why better not? chance that like, yeah, Washington takes care of this. And like Sam Ellinger is not very good because if Sam Ellinger was good, by the way, like they wouldn't have signed Nick Foles and they wouldn't have signed Matt Ryan because they've had Sam Ellinger, you know, for two or three years. Like he's almost been at Indi in Indy on the third string as long as he was at Texas as the starting <laughs> quarterback, which is basically yeah. a decade. They they know what they got. There, there's yeah. a plan here. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. And Hey, Go Commanders. It's very rare I get to say that. <laughs> um, something I do say a lot is Go Niners, as that's my squad. But I especially love saying Go Niners when they're taking on the Rams. Yeah. Niners, point and a half favorites at the Rams. People familiar with the pod know that we talk about this all the time. And the line is very interesting here. But the Niners always play the Rams well. They just do. That's just yeah. the way things work. They got the win earlier on in the season when we told you, hey, that's what it would be. My guy, Mr. Matt Russell, is about to tell us what the line was in that game. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess. That will be part of his answer here. But I'm on the Niners. Give me the Niners. It's only a point and a half. They're on the road. And I'm not going to be talked into the Christian McCaffrey thing. Like, cool, there'll be some good games, and I get it, and I understand it. Overall, I don't like it but I do like it in this spot as he will help them beat the Rams. It's funny that you say that because I was going to ask you if you remember, you know, I was going to start just firing off games to you, right? So like early on, earlier this year, Rams at 49ers. You don't remember what the line was? I don't remember what the line was. No. Okay, so it was about, it was, it, it opened like two, it was two and a half. So I think it ended up closing one and a half at home, San Francisco, right? Okay. And then we, of course, we had three versions of this game last year and it was, at the Rams in the playoffs, right? Rams were three and a half point favorites. It was at the Rams during the regular season where they were three and a half. There was actually a four and a half in the mix there at one point because we weren't sure whether it was going to be Jimmy G or Trey Lance. And then you had in San Francisco, the 49ers as home underdogs. And it was mm -hmm. the same thing the year before. And so all of those numbers, like all kind of are grouped together as essentially the same thing, right? Once you flip the home field advantage, you know, you're adding sort of at one and a half points 
uh, on one side, one to one and a half points on the other. And that's how you end up with San Francisco being a short favorite at home and being, you know, a field goal or more than a field goal on the road. Problem is, it's not what this is. No. Right? This is San Francisco minus one and a half on the road, right? Simply put, the adjustment has been made, you know, going through home field advantage. Yeah. Right? Like, it's the same number. It's still San Francisco minus one and a half. Now, bear with me here. You're going to, you know, that sort of lends itself to thinking like, oh, the value is on the Rams here. You have to take the Rams because like, look at this number. It's been this way for so long. And really what has changed? And the answer is honestly, like, not really that much. You know, you mentioned, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, but, like, does he move a point spread, like, that significantly? You know, yada, yada, right. You got it. The real thing here, I think, is the reason we liked San Francisco in all of those occasions is because the line was wrong every single time. Like, it wasn't (laughs) wrong in a market standpoint because we all had opportunity to bet the bleep out of it and move it to where it should be, but it was wrong and that, like, people just kept over uh, looking the matchup in Mm -hmm. this game, right? They kept just going, like, well, you know, like, they're both pretty good and, like, Rams are at home. Like, by the way, like, the 49ers travel to SoFi Stadium. So, like, when we get down to the literal part about this being, like, flipping through home field, like there isn't really any home field advantage to flip through. Yeah. Because like San Francisco doesn't even really have that great of a home field advantage, right? It's not like a raucous scene in San Francisco and neither do the Rams. So like maybe both of these games, you know, no matter where they play are just kind of neutral site. Right. Yeah. At which point San Francisco minus one and a half, you just go, okay, so San Francisco is better. They're playing in a quasi neutral site environment. So minus one and a half, or even there's some minus ones available. Like, Okay, like, I guess I'm still on San Francisco. And that's kind of where I'm at, I am, because the one thing, again, hasn't changed for me, and I think that's the point, is that the Rams haven't shown me that they're, like, they deserve a bump up in their rating, right? Yeah. Whereas San Francisco, like, man, it was ugly defensively last week. But you know what? It's going to be, def- you know, ugly defensively for a lot of teams against the Chiefs. We know that. By the way, they've improved to one and two since that game against Tampa Bay, against the spread. Yeah. But, like... You know, the Rams aren't that. The 49ers can handle that. The Rams just lost yet another offensive lineman, their left tackle, your boy Note Boom. Note Boom is out of there. Make a note. Uh, So, like, with the Bosa's of the world and whatnot, like, the Chiefs took Bosa out in a lot of cases by not even blocking him, by just running plays away from him, like, tricking him to, like, over-pursue and all of that sort of thing. Yeah. Right? Like, that's not what the Rams do. Right? They don't have that sort of misdirection no. level type stuff here. So, like, I think there's going to be a lot of interest in the Rams because people are going to look at this line and think it's over-adjusted. I think this line is just adjusted the way that you and I, for two and a half, three years, have wanted it to be or, or, yeah. or felt it should be. And that's why we've won money on the 49ers every damn time. And so maybe the Rams end up pulling out this win, but, like, I just don't see that, right? I think this – again, I'm just going to – listen, if we end up 6-1, and one, if we go from 6-0 and oh or 7-0 and oh to 7-1 and one, betting the 49ers against the Rams over these last three years, like, I can live with that. I'll go down with that ship, so to speak. But I think this is, just has to be a play on San Francisco and just go, like, yeah, I think they're still a lot better. Again, you get another week, more plays for McCaffrey in there. Maybe we see him in the passing game, which mm-hmm. you didn't really see this past weekend. 
I think it's San Francisco here. I think you're right. And yeah, we'll just, we'll keep riding it, man. Keep riding it indeed. And our next game is the Giants. I was about to say San Francisco Giants. Again, wrong sport. No, no, the Giants the at the Seahawks, right? All over the place. <laughs> it's not even like the Giants are good and like yeah. in the playoffs or something. Like there's That's no right. reason for me to bring up the San Francisco Giants. But the New York football Giants are rolling, continue to roll, and they find themselves in Seattle. The Seahawks are favored by three points. And we've been talking about this as well. We've loved Gino. Been riding with Gino. But I can't love Gino this much to be laying three points against anybody. And the thing is, the Giants, I still don't really think they're a good team. I think they're a well-coached team that is absolutely like maximizing their potential and like squeezing out every last bit of juice that he can get from them. Daniel Jones will not make it through the season because of how much they're running him through the line. But in this spot, I feel like I, I said this last week, the giants plus three points. I just got to do it again. And I know I'm going to go down at some point. I thought last week's giants bet was a mm-hmm. sucker bet. Cause everyone would be on the giants. Mm-hmm. I think this week is also a giant sucker bet and everyone will be on the giants. <laughs> I think you're right. Right. It's like everybody gets a second chance here to fade the giants. And I was, I, you know, I was on the giants last week, nothing big by any stretch of the imagination, just a t- you know small bet on the giants plus three, because I we felt were the on same the giants. Way. Yeah, we were on the yeah. Dance. Well, I just you know again we you know we talked about it. And it's just like yes, I know we're we're kind of being told that we're supposed to bet the Jags, but the problem is with the Jags, as we've talked about, is you know the metrics always look good, but we haven't been we haven't sh- they haven't shown us that they're actually exactly. good exactly. And so the interesting thing on in this game here is it pits you know sort of the two comeback player of the year candidates in Saquon and Geno. It also pits two crazy as it sounds coach of the year candidates Mm -hmm. and so when you look at coach of the year outside of like nick sirianni who's obviously has a undefeated team on his hands there um everybody else is kind of like well can you believe this team is has this record like that's like that's how you win coach of the year right Mm -hmm. you're surprisingly good the thing is like giants you go yeah i can't believe they have this record i've watched all their games the jets you're like i can't believe they have this record i've watched all the games you can even throw the Falcons in. Like, I can't believe they've got this record. Like, I've watched all the games. The Seahawks, though, is I can't believe they have this record based on the fact that, like, we all kind of put Pete Carroll out to patch, pasture, including myself. We never thought Geno Smith had this in him. Mm-hmm. But if you actually watch the games, they look good. They are full value for what they are doing. Right. And so you have the smoke and mirrors category in the coach of the year, where it's like Salah, Dable, like they're pulling it off. And then you have the like Seahawks here who are like, my guy's 70 billion years old here, but like he actually has this team doing work. They absolutely crushed the draft. And like everybody gets excited about the draft and like we do the, you know, everybody's got the parties and like, oh, it's in Vegas, it's in Nashville, like this is, you know, whatever. And it's all this stuff. But like, when it comes really down to it, the import isn't in, you know, the flashy first round pick and like celebrating that it's, can you get really good players in the draft and get them cheap and all of that stuff. And that's exactly what the Seahawks did in this draft and in a couple of, you know, past years drafts. 
Yeah. And Pete Carroll loves it, man. Like he lo- like he might as well. He wants it to be like college, right? Like he is a college coach. He's like he is the hybrid, right? He's like I want to pay dudes, but I want them to be really young and really hungry. And like that worked at USC. And it worked <laughs> early on at in Seattle cuz like yeah. all those guys were really young and hungry or whatever, but like then Russell Wilson got a logo and got a brand and got Ciara and it was just really kind of a pain. And now it's like back to like, you know, there's a lot of hungry dudes on this team. And so like, I think the Seahawks are actually good and we're surprised by it because of just Gino and Carol, Mm -hmm. but it's not because of the way they play, right? Like they went and they housed the chargers last week and they probably should have beat the, the saints a couple of weeks earlier. And they went and they put up a billion on the lions early on, earlier on in the season. And so honestly, I think the Seahawks are actually really good. And my numbers here come out to three and a half for this line from a market rating perspective. Okay. Right. Because again, this is, this is a Giants team that was three on the road to Jacksonville last week. Right. And from a my own personal rating perspective, like I've given the Giants credit for it. Right. And so like I get why people want to go under three here. But there's an element here, you know, we talk about home field advantage, we just talk about home field advantage being meaningless in the in the San Francisco, you know, uh, versus LA rivalry. The Giants just went from home, you know, dramatic win against Baltimore, down to Jacksonville in the heat, home, you know, dramatic win there. They probably had more fans there, you know, you could hear yeah. it in the crowd. And then they go now to Seattle, where they're not going, this is like one of the few places where they shouldn't have the most fans in the stadium. He's got the card out, folks. It's still is that even a card? That's a mouse, isn't it? Isn't that a mouse you just hear? Um, it is not a live, <laughs> not a live mouse for those of you just listening. Yeah, uh, computer mouse. Um, be very strange if this turned into a thing where you're dangling a live mouse in the middle of the podcast. This part anyway, is off the rails. I love it. Mega off the rails. You know, DK Metcalf's out. Like that sucks. I mean, like your guy Marquise Goodwin is out there catching two touchdowns, right? Like that's how good this is, right? Gino doesn't care. Gino doesn't care. He doesn't care at all. Kenneth Walker is awesome. I felt I came mm-hmm. just shy of calling him the best running back in the league because he had played a game and a half essentially going into last week. And then I, I'll swear, I swear to God, this happened. I, you know, I I wrote about it uh, in my props article for the score. He goes over his number. I also happened, I didn't write about this part. I also went in, there's a, a certain website that offers like milestones and I hit him for 150 plus yards at 15 to one. Just a little okay. taste, just to see what would happen. And you know what? My guy takes off for a 70 yard run, blows right through 100, right through 150 and cashes it for me. I am deep into the weeds here on Kenneth Walker. I'm deep into the weeds here on the Seahawks being actually pretty good. Are they going to be as good as the 49ers? You know, when it was all said and done, are they going to, you know, contend for the division? I know a lot of people are sort of like just rolling into that whole scene. I'm not, I'm not there, certainly. And I get like the Jimmy G concern and God knows what would happen if 49ers even lost him. I mean, you sort of shake your head about Jimmy G, but what would happen if he went down? Um, if you have a really big price on the Seahawks, like that's great. I think this is maybe a wild card team in the NFC. I think this team's honestly probably better than the Rams at this point when it comes to NFC West teams. Uh, that might be a little bit crazy. We'll see what happens down the stretch here, but I like them to win and win relatively comfortably against the Giants here. And the Giants will be just fine with their six and two record going into week nine. Yeah. And that's also an interesting part of what starts to happen around this time of year too, right? It's like, 
teams are allowed to lose. They're not going to like the giants aren't going to lose just like one game the whole season. So <laughs> the pick has been switched. Seattle Seahawks are the pick. Hey, and I've been liking Ryan with Gino. So it didn't take much to convince me on that one at all. Two more games here. Let's kind of get through this. We got the yeah. Packers at the bills. The bills are 11 and a half point favorites in this game. 11 and a half points. That is a lot of points. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you here. I'm going to do the normal regular thing here. I didn't do it earlier, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be on the Packers plus 11 and a half. I need you Cut. to talk me into why I should take the bills. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay. No, it's just, okay. this is sort of a, you have to, you have to hold your nose on this one. And it's crazy to say I'm holding the note, my nose with Aaron Rodgers and the right. Packers in sort of a back against the wall type situation, right? But look yeah. at what we've been dealing with here with the Packers and their expectations up to this point, right? Yeah. It's very much, and it's funny that they sort of bookend each other in a way or almost bookend each other in a way, but it's very much like the Bucks. But it's like, what have we been expecting out of the Packers? We were expecting them to go to Washington in kind of weird conditions, you know, bad offensive line against a, bad, a good defensive line. And we were asking them to win, Mm-hmm. right we're asking them to win and win comfortably by a, by a full touchdown essentially yeah. before that we were asking them to win by two scores against the jets we were asking them to go to with london and win by two scores against the giants right we were asking these things of a team that's just not capable of that now occasionally they might be right any team in theory could win by sort of two scores but like we just talked about it like or we talked about it an hour ago now like to win by two scores in the NFL is really, really hard. Yeah. And fundamentally, that's the point here. Because now we're asking the Bills to win not just by two scores, but two touchdowns. Yeah. Here. And all we're asking of the Packers is, like, have some heart out there. And do things look a little different if the play with Heineke and there was a fumble and, you know, like, they, it was returned for a touchdown for the Packers? Like, do things look a little different if that goes a different way, whether you agree with the ruling on that or whether you just go, okay, like a half, you know, second earlier if that ball comes out or, you know, doesn't get recovered. If the Packers win that game, right, is this 11 and a half? Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's probably going to be like 10. You know, yeah. like something like, which is still like kind of crazy because like you and I talk about it, man. Like if there's ever a time to lay big points, it's with the Bills and when it's at the Bills at home because they just absolutely hammer people. Yeah. But like, you know, again, I still haven't figured out whether it was Pickett or Trubisky. It didn't really matter. They scored three points. Might have been both actually from, from what I recall. Yeah. Um, but like they don't cut. That was 14, right? Steelers in Buffalo with those two guys was 14 two three weeks ago and this is 11 and a half with aaron Rodgers. like again i know it hasn't been pretty god knows i know i was on washington it was delightful watching him sort of struggle around there well like this you know this just has to be a close game or like green bay might implode (laughs) like again we're not asking them to turn you know it's like oh they flip the switch and like beat blow out the jets or you know are they gonna flip the switch it's not about flipping the switch here it's just playing good fundamental professional football and keeping this game in touch, so to speak. Yeah. And like, I think the Packers are still capable of that. And this rating has bombed down, not quite as far because we didn't have them as high as the Buccaneers because we've been slowly moving the Packers down, but this thing is bombed down to under 50. 
right? Are they under, I mean, then maybe the answer is yes. Like maybe they are <laughs> under 50, like, you know, worse than an average football team. But yeah. if they are at least an average football team, they should cover this number. I'm not going to say they're going to win this game out, right? I'm going to say they're going to cover this number. 11 and a half points. Why not, Packers? Why not? We finish things off here with the Monday Nighter. Bengals, three and a half point favorites in Cleveland against the Browns. Reluctantly, I'm on the Browns plus three and a half. And this is just going back to the classic Got to take these points here with the home dogs. I think the Browns, like Jacoby Brissett does enough to keep them spicy. The Bengals, I think are, you know, they're getting better. Yeah. But I still don't think they're the team that should be three and a half point road favorites here. Simply put, they're getting a rating boost from, uh, you know, from a spot that we've had them rated. Again, we've talked about every time we talk about the Bengals, it's like, well, we've had them rated this way basically since before they made it to the Super Bowl mm -hmm. and there hasn't really been a reason to change it. And sometimes that means betting on them like it did last week when the number should have been seven and it was six and six and a half. And luckily, or however you want to sort of frame it, they win comfortably in part because of the spot with the Falcons being really banged up from a defensive standpoint, right? So again, like I think we have the Bengals rated pretty well. We were on them last week. I think we have the Browns rated pretty accurately, right? Like, Got the cover last week with against the uh, against the Ravens. My numbers are two, one and a half, two yeah. on on the on the Bengals here. But what happened last week, right? Four hundred yard Joe Burrow, you know, hundred whatever yard multi touchdown Jamar Chase. Like you know that gets people excited when they show the two highlights on you know Sunday Night Football pregame, and it's just like those two guys like dominating a mm -hmm. team that, by the way, you'll recall the Falcons undefeated against the spread not anymore right like mm -hmm. so when like the they were getting all this credit for beating the last undefeated against the spread team their rating is going to get boosted up and in order for this to be three and a half on the road one of two things has to happen either browns have to go down well they were in a three-point game against the ravens last week i don't think we can move them down i'm not gonna move them up just because they you know covered in a loss i'm gonna keep them right where they are the only thing that can happen that makes this and, and make any sense is that the Bengals rating gets boosted up. And like, I'm going to need a little bit more than Jamar chase breaking a tackle against the saints two weeks ago to break my heart. And then like on the flip side, like, you know, getting it all back essentially for me last week by being awesome. Like, yeah, that's, you know, that's the 50 50 nature of the NFL. So I'm not going to like radically move them up into like the fourth best team in the, in the league because there's no other candidate, right? Like that's kind of yeah. where we're at, where it's like, guess what? Buffalo, best team. Guess what? Kansas City, second best team. Guess what? Philadelphia, third best team. And then like hit the streets, ask every, anybody you want for their fourth best team in the NFL. And you're going to get 20 different answers from 20 different people. Maybe not 20 necessarily, but you know what I'm saying? So like this week, it's the Bengals because they won comfortably last week. And that's why this is over a field goal. Honestly, I'd wait until Monday. We might even get four. We might get four and a half with this because it's already moved off of three. I love it. I love it. And as you mentioned, might get different numbers by Monday, but where is a place that people can find you to get all of said information on where the line could be before kickoff? Yeah, at Emros Authentic is my Twitter account. And of course, at the score is where you want to get all of the you know general sports goodness, as as you might say. But everything I write gets retweeted through the score. Um, 
teaser column just out today. Today is you know being Wednesday, the day that we record this. Um, you know, honestly, just a numbers-based thing, right? Where we look at, okay, what are the two and a half point spreads we want to boost up? What are the you know touchdown-ish ones? And the interesting thing, there are no touchdown favorites this week. Last week there was like seven of them. It's so weird, right? So some, it just kind of you know, it's more of an informative type thing. We're not necessarily recommending a bet. We're just sort of getting people. A, to not tease stuff like plus four and a halfs up to ten and a half on, you know, pick a team that, you know, is a four and a half point underdog yeah, that yeah. could easily lose by two touchdowns mm-hmm. or don't tease through zero. A lot of it's just kind of a warning thing. But then sort of also tracking, like how good are these minus sevens at actually winning outright? And how good are these plus two and a halfs at staying within a score? The plus two and a halfs have been a lot better this year at staying within a score because of course the season story from a betting standpoint has been unders and underdogs and when those two things are the story teasers of plus two and a half up are going to do really well we have a handful of those this week it's up to you to pick and choose which ones you like the best I love it, my dude. I love it a lot as we try to keep things rolling here on this pod each and every week, bringing you, you know, as I mentioned all the time, I try to give you some picks. Matt comes in, tries to tell me where I'm wrong, (laughs) tries to give us all the information and education that we so need to help you with your picks each and every week in the NFL action. And we've been riding along. We've been doing a pretty good job think that you know we've been giving the people some some good info here and there you know we're all right so as the train keeps moving remember to follow me on twitter at shell alexander and on instagram at sheldon alexander and of course like and subscribe and follow the pod wherever you get your podcast check us out if you're watching the video right now bless us with the like very simple thing to do doesn't cost you anything it's free and as I always say, you can find me right back here next week. We do this. It'll come out either Wednesday night, Thursday morning. You know the sked by now. We're at week eight. Hopefully you've been riding with us, collecting on the winnings. Because as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the On Blast Podcast, NFL Picks Edition. Part of the On Blast Podcast Network, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.